0: I'm Jennifer Kennedy, the lead for quality at Chap, and welcome to this month's Chapcast. Today I'm speaking with my colleague and friend, Bobby Warner. She is uh going to tell us a little bit about herself, I hope, and what her role here is at Chap. Welcome, Bobby. Thank you, Jennifer. It's good to see you and talk to you. We work in the
1: same company, but we don't get to see each other near as much as I'd like. I know
0: just (laughs) virtually, and maybe a handful of times during the year, right? Exactly, exactly. Well,
1: there might be some of you out there that know me because I've been with Chap for 14 years, and um, I'm currently working as senior program manager under the Center for Excellence. I've had the opportunity to to do that. And part, most of that, um, time I'm conducting educations. You've may have attended our accreditation intensives or, or our operations certifications that I I do participate in. Um, and I enjoy doing those very much, but part of what I also do is oversee disease management, which is a new, new certifications for us and has been really, um, uh, I've enjoyed learning something new and putting that together. And, and so that's, uh, where I am now, but I started in 2019 as a site visitor and, and went through the roles of site visitor, senior accreditation manager, director of accreditation, director of education. and Now I'm here 14 years later. So I bring a wealth of experience, Jennifer.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. dude. maybe you'll be taking uh, Nathan's spot pretty soon. What do you think? Um, no oh, no <laughs> <laughs> well you've had uh the the uh pathway and, and whole plethora of experience and what we're going to talk to to uh today is specifically home health survey deficiencies for chat. and <clears throat> i remember you know being out um when i was out in the field actually boots on the ground in an organization and um Unfortunately, we weren't accredited with CHAP, but with a, another unnamed AO. But you know, part of the part of the work uh, in my role then as compliance and quality uh, uh, was to really not only look at the top ten or top twenty s- CMS survey deficiencies, but also to look at my accreditation organization's top survey deficiencies. So um, we're going to talk about home health deficiencies that we are seeing a a trend or a pattern with at chat and why don't you get us started let's go from lowest to highest what do you think All right. I think that sounds
1: great. And one of the new surprises for me in looking at the data for 2022, just so everyone is aware, what we've done is taken the home health surveys, site visits that have occurred in 2022, and pulled all of that data together to gather these top 10. And the number 10 is actually a new one for us on our list this year. So it's APC9IM3, which is related to the agency making sure that they promptly alert the relevant physician to any changes in the patient's condition. Oh, no. Oh, yes, I know. That's how I felt about that, too. So, Mm. you know, I think that 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 bears at the crux of ensuring that we're meeting patients individualized needs, you know, as we go for routine visit to routine visit. Right. And that was that is very concerning to me. Um. Yeah, I want to say, I said that was an APC, that's assessment, plan, care planning, and coordination. Right. And those are three key components, right, of providing patient care. And I wonder if you're surprised, Jennifer, at what percentage of findings are identified in APC.
0: Give me a guess. Hmm. Percentage, not number, right? Right, percentage. 25.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, I wish. Forty four percent. Oh, my gosh. Forty four percent of all chap findings for home health are identified in this chapter. So um, if you were a a provider and you heard that, Jennifer, I bet you would want to look at those and consider those in your quality program.
0: Oh, my gosh, I sure would. I would want to know if I'm, you know, where I fall in that percentage or if I fall in the percentage. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So number nine is this is the second most cited chapter or key performance area in our home health standards. It's care delivery and treatment. So it's the actual provision of that care that is set up through the assessment and care planning and coordination. And it's by all skilled disciplines and and your home health aid. And the the Standard that cited uh, number nine is related to the aid providing services as ordered and consisted with their competencies. And so that's CDT.7.I.M7, and it goes with GTAG 800. So it typically isn't the competencies that's the issue there. It's typically the aid
0: providing care as per the plan. Right, right. And that that backtracks, you know, with what I've known in the past. And also we've been seeing some of that on the hospice side as well.
1: Yes, we have. You're, You're absolutely right. In fact, there's a lot of similarities between the service lines in regards to what's found to be at the top. Okay, next one. You're not going to like this one either, Jennifer. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Keep in mind, we're in the midst of a pandemic where we are making oh, concerted no. effort over infection <laughs> prevention and control. <laughs> yes, IPC number eight is IPC.4.i.m1. That correlates to the GTAG 682. And it's the use of bags used to carry equipment and supplies into the patient's home. Oh, Jennifer.
0: Looks like people should bring out the old bag technique education for a, for a basic, right? Oh, God. Absolutely.
1: And look at the type of bags that are being used, right? We don't yeah. want a burlap bag that's a single container. Yep. <laughs> that yep. doesn't work real well. All right, now in number um, seven for us is still an APC. So you're going to, to find that five of these top ten are in that key performance area, and this one's related to the comprehensive assessment, including a medication regimen review. Are you surprised by that?
0: You know what? I I'm not actually because, again, you know. I've seen this before, and I've seen it on the hospice side of the house. And, you know, I wonder if staffing shortages have an impact on this, where everyone uh, is trying to push their staff to maybe work a little quicker, uh, take on more cases, and maybe some things are falling through the cracks. Um, Could be, maybe not. Maybe that's just one variable, right? Well, I think
1: that um, home health organizations need to realize that there is an additional variable with OASIS-E, and there's a big input in regards to high-risk medications and and interventions that need to be done when they've been identified. So I think that might be a good place for an organization to conduct a a little bit of a focused audit to ensure that those
0: uh, requirements are being followed. I, I agree, and it wouldn't be such a bad idea maybe just to think about um, just keeping that, uh, even if they do a, a performance improvement, right, and get it all straight in mm-hmm. away and sustainable, but, you know, keep an eye on it in case they want to bring that back as as like an annual quickie session, education session uh, for nurses, you know? Totally. Oh.
1: Yes, totally agree. You know how it is. You you take your eye off one area you've been working on and as you're putting focusing on another, you know, what that what you worked on before is starting to fall. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, number six, we're back to infection prevention and control. <laughs> and <laughs> all right, we already had one related to the use of bags. What do you think this one is? Um is it prevention? Is it prevention? Yep, it's prevention. It's that prevention tag, G682, in relation to hand hygiene. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, boy, yes. that that is yeah. not good. The, well, the only good thing is, it, is that it... Um, it's consistent, I guess. So we constantly, I think you talk about, you know, revisiting a performance improvement project uh, year after year, we find infection prevention and control in these, these two tags on the list, right? So yeah. that should be one that you always look at. And I like what you said earlier about staffing could be part of the issue right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also thinking contract staff, but but the best way you know, we talk a lot in accreditation intensive that the best way to evaluate hand hygiene, bag technique, is by observation in the field.
0: Yeah, right? yeah. I and, mean, you can't trust that people mm-hmm. are are just doing it. I hate to say that, right, even though they are professionals, but we can't trust that. And it saddens me after three years of of having high-intensity sort of response from an infection control standpoint that – This is like the basic, basic, Bobby. Wash your hands. Right. Right?
1: (laughs) Agreed. 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 I had classes last week, and the the one attendee said, I can teach my three-year-old granddaughter to appropriately wash her hands. How come we can't do that with our staff? (laughs) Like, I can't answer that question. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Number five. Now, the good thing about number five is it used to be number one. And from my years of doing top 10 with uh, CHAP, I happen to know that it was number one for several years in a row. Mm -hmm. And it's related to PCC.2.i.m1, which is where all the required elements of the patient bill of rights are located. And in particular, G442, because as you know, there's about 10 different tags Mm -hmm. that could could come about there. The one related to the patient having the right to receive written notice in advance of care being furnished, if there is a possibility of non-covered care, uh, or yeah. in advance of reducing or terminating care. So whenever there's changes, right in that right. in that uh, uh, plan that was set up, there there's a lack of um, providing patients information regarding that, or at least the documentation of it. Don't you think?
0: I absolutely think. Yes. Um, It's, uh, you know, it might be one of those things where you don't think it's that important because you're trying to attack other things. But anything I, I feel that falls into that patient rights realm, I mean, that's a high priority.
1: Agreed. Agreed.
0: And and I do
1: think lots of times it's just lack of documentation. But unfortunately, as we were all taught, yeah. no matter what service <laughs> and discipline I know are, what you're gonna say.
0: <laughs>
1: if it wasn't documented, it wasn't done. Right. <laughs> oh, I think we all get tired of hearing that. <laughs> okay, so now we're up to number four. We're getting up to the towards the top of the line here. And number four was APC11.i.m3. And it's related to the clinical record, including transfer and or discharge summaries within the required time frame with evidence of the date being sent. So you have to complete those summaries, you have to send them, send them to um, the, the uh, appropriate place, either a facility if the patient's being transferred to a facility or, or to um, the primary care physician who's gonna care for that patient afterwards. The whole purpose is that continuity of care and ensuring the patient's needs are being met as they're discharged. And unfortunately, I think it's more the time frame that, you know, it's five days for discharge, two days for a planned transfer, and two um, for uh, unplanned transfer. Once you know it, that transfer has occurred, because I can't tell you in the field on the ground, how many times I came to a patient's home and found out that they had been transferred to the hospital in the, you know, since my last visit, right? Right, right. So you're not responsible till then. Okay, number three, here we go. Okay, G710 under CMS, skilled professionals follow the plan of care, including following physician's orders.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah. This sort of, you know... Connection to number 10 is there, you know. I'm yes, seeing like a connection yes. there. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Uh that's that's that makes me I, take I, pause, I have to say. I, I got
1: I gotta um agree with you and it, and it's just you know not following the plan of care. And I think lots of times um you know g- getting those physician orders that come in after that plan of care has been developed and ensuring mm-hmm. that coordination between your disciplines occurs, So everybody's aware of the change, right? Absolutely. Um, I, I know
0: that I used to see this a lot with wound care. That's a tough one, you know, because you might have a wound that, um, it's not responding. You have order changes, you're changing the dressing type. Um, you know, and I, I get it. I, things fall through the cracks. You're busy. Maybe the nurse didn't document in a timely fashion, or forgot all altogether. Didn't make the communications. You know, it, but still, all of this when you when you come in as an objective person and you've now you don't know the situation and you don't know Mrs. Fuddlebottom, right? And you don't know her wound. Yes, this all looks disjointed, and it looks like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs>
1: That, that, is, that is absolutely true. And I think um, one of the things I'm hearing a lot from our providers is that they're utilizing contract staff more than they yeah. have before. And the coordination may not be quite as tight as it needs to be in those circumstances.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay,
1: number two. All right. APC-8IM-3, and there are like five different tags that are associated. This Mm -hmm. particular standard is where all the written instructions are supposed to be provided to the patient. And 614 is specific to the visit schedule. That includes the frequency of visits by the personnel and contractors. So, you know, not having a current visit schedule, Jennifer, is, is key there. What do you think might be causing that?
0: Well, first of all, you know, I'm thinking we have patients of all, all types in, in home health, you know, older adults, mid-range, you know. But still, um, they have to know when somebody's coming, right? Um, that's that's just really important or they, they don't feel like they're receiving the kind of care they should be receiving. Why do I think that is? Um, do they forget to update it? Do they... Are they going too quickly? Again, can this be linked to staffing and contracting? Um, mm-hmm. I think it could be a lot of different variables there.
1: I agree. I agree. And I think sometimes, you know, everyone's real good at getting the initial schedule, like maybe a calendar up on the refrigerator or however each organization is going to do that. But the update of that is is what falls, falls apart a little bit there. Right. All right. Here it is. Now we're going to number one. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. The top, the most cited finding is not surprised it's in APC. So it's assessment planning coordination. The specific standard is APC 7IM2. And it's related to the elements of the individualized
0: plan of care. Yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? It is. It its I, you know, I have found that with the event or advent rather of electronic medical records, I mean, they're a blessing and a bane, you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) Yes. You know, do they make work easier? Kind of, maybe not, but it's really hard that point and click without taking the time to, to free text Extra um, information about that patient, what happened on the visit, going beyond point and click is the way I like to think of it. That's Mm -hmm. what those things really individualize that, uh, the note, the plan of care, all of that, right?
1: I agree. Um, One of the organizations that was in the class last week talked about copy and paste and how how detrimental that is. Oh, I think that should be
0: just done out with... (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly. And they were getting payment denials based on copy and paste. Right. So um, what seems to be there to make life easier for the clinician is not necessarily doing so and doesn't always help when it comes to payment. So
0: um,
1: there's a couple of uh, elements of the plan of care that are that are commonly cited. And one is no surprise, like we talked about before medications. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there needs to be an inclusion of, uh, over the counter medications, herbals, all of those vitamins, all those pieces. And, and they, they sometimes get missed. And the other is, uh, measurable outcomes.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. I hear everybody
1: listening, groaning.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they are, but you know what, again, that's it's really important. You know, it's, you have to attach some sort of, um, a parameter to it, right. Or it doesn't mean anything. Uh, I can say Agreed. I'm having pain and and we can put down in my plan of care that I'm going to have less pain. Well, th- that's great, but I need, you know, we need more information on that. Right.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh right. my goodness. So those are those are the top 10.
1: Just as a reminder, the the key performance area for chap of APC was 44% of the fi- findings total for 2022 and CDT for care delivery and che- treatment was 15%. So that's that's a pretty high number. That is. And unfortunately, infection prevention and control was 17%. So we, we really, at this time of higher overseeing of infection control, should not have that many findings.
0: I agree. I mean, people need to get that really in control pretty quickly because I, I foresee even after the public health emergency ends, there's still going to be a sharp focus on infection control um, from any surveyor, whether you're, you know, state or you're with an AO or you're with us or a different AO, That that's going to continue.
1: And right. you know what makes me think,
0: Bobby, here, when I listen to these top 10, um, and I know, you know what, you're always going to have, there's always going to be something, right? Um, and you you have to try to control the things you can control. You know, like you should never ha- take a citation on um, your uh, in-service hours for your aides or personnel files. And, um, you know, we know there are always going to be things. But, you know, this makes me think that we're talking about patient safety and quality of care here.
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: um, having deficiencies uh um you know that are abundant or in a high percentage really makes you think, is there quality care being given, and are the patients safe? I don't know what your thoughts are. <laughs>
1: Well, I think I think my thoughts are um, you and I both know that Chap has made a significant uh, revision of our standards to really be focused on the quality and safety of patients, right? Right. And I think I think that focus is is shown throughout our standards in that that's what our standards relate to, and so I think that um, even though these are the top ten. I, I feel that in most instances, care being provided is better than what the top 10 makes it sound like.
0: Yep, you're right? probably right. I'm probably just being too, uh, have my, <laughs> my compliance had to oh, snug down on my head too much today.
1: Well, we need people with their compliance hat down on their head, right? So that we can make the, move these uh, individual uh,
0: markers here. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Bobby, thanks so much for joining the podcast and sharing this important information today. Do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners?
1: (laughs) No. You know, guys, one of the things I, I would say is there wasn't a finding related to quality in the top 10. But I'm here to tell you that, and I think Jennifer would agree with me, that if your quality processes, you have good sound processes and, and uh, you have good mechanisms in place for evaluating the care of your staff, you won't be one of the organizations who are, you know, getting these findings. You will have sound processes in place because a quality program can, can uh,
0: identify all of these. Absolutely. You just got to keep, keep, uh, moving ahead and, and trying to be the best you can be. All right. Well, That's all we all want to do. <laughs> absolutely. All right. Well, um, from, uh, Bobby and, uh, myself and the rest of the chat team, we thank you for taking time out of your day to plug into our podcast. Hopefully, uh, you're able to take away a small pearl of wisdom, uh, from our topic today. Stay safe and well, and thanks for all you do.